Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Hello, ladies and germs. Hey. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Dilettante Ball. <laughs> um, w- sorry that we were a little late. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm Johnny. I'm Spencer. Here on Dilettante Ball, we go on Wikipedia. We quick random article. And we talk about it. Yeah, we do. Uh, anyway, sorry, I was we were a little late. Yeah. We're, um, doing, we're doing a live broadcast for episode 300. Uh, the, the, uh, YouTube is, is literally unmanageable. Byzantine. <laughs> uh, but we're here now. And um, thanks for, for being here as well. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Um, yeah. Um, we have a special guest with us, Buster the Cat. Oh, yeah. Come here, bud. This he's, is for the stream only uh, <laughs> participants. <laughs> yeah, we're actually lying. It does, it, uh, he's not even here. Just uh, We're pretending this. <laughs> Johnny, we got a present from uh, Rich uh, the Pod Daddy. He's the... Um, the president of Arcade Audio, and guys, a very, very, I assume, very nice present. Okay. So we're gonna open it live on stream. Let's. Here's the bag. Very nice bag. That is a very nice bag. It it looks almost brand new. Yeah, as it, it's almost as if he didn't reuse it from Christmas. Uh, the there's a note that says do not open until episode 300. <laughs> well, so far we've done that. Nothing on the back. Just a. <clears throat> no. Feels like maybe it's a book. If this it, is just like a. Is it a book of all of Wikipedia? I was gonna say it's like an encyclopedia. Ah oh, fuck. Uh, what if is, it's what if it's Microsoft Encarta? <laughs> just a copy of like 1997. Uh, this is definitely Christmas. Do you need, paper. Do you need help? I, I don't. Let's, yes, I do now. This, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, so it's a book called The Svalbard Passage. Well, hold it up for for the viewers at home there. So this is a, a whole book on Svalbard, our favorite article. The article our that keeps going place. back. Our favorite place is what by is, Thomas Kirkwood and Gearfine. Riley drawn characters, absorbing. Now, so is this a, a nonfiction or fiction? Because because Thomas Kirkwood received his PhD in comparative politics and taught at the university level, so it's kind of hard to say. It's, I think this is a, it's a masterful novel set in the U.S. and Norway. The intensity of the story, combined with the author's knowledge of political reality, result in one of the best Cold War novels ever written. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm going to say it's, it's fake. So it's not going to give us any real information no. that, that we crave. Okay. Well, we can just throw it out. Yeah. I'm probably just going to throw this away. Um, it, I just want to see when it was written. Um, let's see. Originally published. Uh, it was printed in the United States. So, you know, it's good. Uh, 1981. 81? 81. Okay. Yeah. Uh, be careful. No part of this book may be reproduced or transmitted in any form or by any means graphic, electronic, or mechanical. Uh, hide it. Hide it. Including <laughs> recording or taping. Does it seriously say it that? It says that. So I'm sorry we broke the law both in the I'm United gonna, States I'm gonna, and Norway. I'm going to read a passage. Well, Svalbard isn't technically part of Norway. That's true. So you're going to read a passage from the Svalbard passage. Yeah. All right. And what uh, page is this? This is page 103 if you'd like to read along okay. at home. Uh, aghast and pleading, she looked up at her father, but he stared emptily. Emptily? Yeah, he stared emptily. <laughs> into space as if she were not there at all. The drummer was at the car now. She buried her face in her hands. Oh, God. And waited for him to strike her. 
I'm done. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, I mean, I guess that's what you get for diving into a book at yeah, page one hundred three. Yeah, that's the problem, Johnny, is because you started at what was it one hundred four? One hundred three. So you got to go earlier. You got to go to page sixty nine. <sighs> You're right. That was my first mistake. So let's let's get some backstory real quick. Their waiter brought the second bottle of pomard with the Chateaubriand. Okay. Ulrich seemed to have forgotten Svalbard completely. She ate and drank lustily. After devouring her sherry cream dessert like a greedy, happy child, she spoke... Yeah, this is... Um, a bad book? This is... Yeah, this is sort of like a Fifty Shades of Grey sort of thing that, 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 that Rich has given us. So I appreciate that. I will read it tonight in bed. Sure. I'll, curl, I'll join up. you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's very nice. So, yeah. so thank you. Thank you for the smut. Uh, and thank you to, to everyone for like... Being here and, and listening for th- 300 dang episodes. It's crazy. It's six years. Six years, yeah. Where were you six years ago? Um, In your wait, life? I was... 23? Six. And oh, shit. you're 12? <laughs> I'm only 12. Wait. No, you're uh, nine. Uh, no? Well, six... 12. Six I was right, I was right, the, I was right the first time. Um, what was I doing? I had just, I had just moved here. I had, like, really only just moved here. Like a, a wee year before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, look at me now. Still here. <laughs> what more can you ask for? Uh, do you want to pull up an article real quick? Yeah, let's pull up an article. Okay. Normally we use the computer, but the computer's, um, you know, kind of doing the thing. It is doing the thing. So uh, who, who's this on, on chat? They, they say we look very dashing in our uh, Devil's Christmas t-shirts. Savannah Z. So we want to thank you, Savannah, thank for that. Thank you. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. The man Rich who gave us here. the present. He said you can always rely on me for your smut. I, that's true. I've always said that about Rich. Um, He's my, my favorite smut man. He's kind of everyone's favorite Spider-Man. Okay, <laughs> let's let's see what we got. If it's a Svalbard article. Yeah, I mean, lose our mind. Okay. Cordelia Chase. Okay. Is a fictional character created by Joss Whedon for the television series Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, this is like a good normal thing. Sure. She also appeared in Buffy's spin-off series Angel, portrayed by Charisma Carpenter. That's a very good it's name. Really good name. It's a solid name. Uh, the character appears as a series regular in the first three seasons of Buffy before exiting the show and becoming a series regular during the first four seasons of Angel. Oh, that's interesting. So she must have been like involved with Angel or something, right? I don't know. I know literally Angel's zero. a good vampire? I want to say. I, do, I have no idea. I have no... You've never seen... I've never seen Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, or I, any other Buffy. No. Um, I know that it's sort of like the... Uh, um, what was that show with Fonzie on it? It's sort of the happy, happy days. days of monster killing. Oh, I had just so many spinoffs. Angel, I could go on. <laughs> uh, it's really popular. People love it. I know they're rebooting it. Um, Buffy. No shit. Yeah. Well, go, go ahead and then I'll tell I you. I mean, with like, in, but instead of like a white woman, it's like a black woman. Cool. Yeah. But some people are also like mad because they're like, well, well of course. They were like, it was already super diverse anyway, apparently. Oh. So they're like, so, like, the headlines everyone's seeing is, like, uh, you know, Joss Whedon rebooting, you know, Buffy with a new all-diverse cast. And people who actually watched it, I guess, are like, uh, I guess. like Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't speak to that, but. I know there was a movie mm-hmm. at one point and uh, it started. someone else was Buffy, right? Yeah. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't Sarah Michelle Gellar. I don't even know if it was anybody. I don't know. I want to say Melissa Joan Hart, but I don't <laughs> think so. Um, th- uh, uh, uh. Who, oh wait, who just who just? Oh, David McGuff. Hello, the the officially unofficial third. Oh, that, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's a fact, fact checker. checker everything. And, yeah, he's very good at that. Um, very good at putting us in our place because we, we need it. I just found out that they rebooted Muppet Babies. They rebooted Muppet Babies. Yeah. Okay. 
that's not a property that needed rebooting. Was it not? It's not. No, it's not. Okay. What? So why do they reboot it? So they get to like make more money. More, yes. More money. <laughs> no one. No kids are watching Muppets. So uh, yeah, because there was no there there were no babies for them to relate to. Jesus they were God. like, look at all these grown up Muppets with their grown up Muppet. Problems. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. These these adult puppets. <laughs> I can't Muppets. relate to the. Excuse me, I can't relate to these adult Muppets. So dumb. So I saw. I'm, I'm subscribed to a subreddit that's uh, uh, out of the loop, is what it's called. Sure, sure. And so people ask questions when things come up, like, "Hey, what is this thing people keep talking about? I don't understand what this is." Um, Why so, are the Muppet Babies back? <laughs> that would be maybe one of them, yeah. And so sometimes it's political. Sometimes it's like a question about like a, a, a meme of the day, or you know, a meme of the day, a meme of the day. Sure. And today I saw one that was something like, "Why do millennials talk about wanting to kill themselves so often?" And, <laughs> And I mean, look around. Well, that's the top answer was like it was like well uh, here, and it is like listed like a bunch of things, and they're like, well, it's mostly a joke, but also this. Jeez. And and one of the things was like because America is a cultural wasteland full of like reboots of reboots. Like the Muppet Babies is a rebranding of the Muppets, and now we're rebooting that twenty five years later. When it, like did did the did which came first, Muppet Babies or Muppets? Is that what you no? Mean? Well, I mean, it's a, in the real world Muppets, but right, in the but chronology of the Muppet verse, um, <laughs> the Muppet verse. Oh, I, f- I found out about the reboot of Muppet Babies because of the dudes on Twitter. Compl- I, I, that is actually how I found out as well. Um, they, I, should, I should have brought my glasses to read the, this chat, so I'm going to rely on you for my eyes. Yeah, I'm not doing too hot either. But, oh, great, uh, cool. Uh, yeah, I, that is also how I found out. They, they, um, it's through Twitter. Yeah, because people were complaining that they added a new uh, uh, girl Muppet. Why were they complaining about that? Because Muppet Babies are for boys. Boys right. love Muppet Babies. I don't know. And everyone knows, like, there's there there are it's a, a finite amount of Muppets who who can only be born. And so <laughs> when a when a girl Muppet is born, that it kills a, off the it oldest, kills off a boy the oldest the oldest boy Muppet. That's why Statler is no longer uh, alive. <laughs> He's gone. Yeah, he was my favorite original baby Muppet, Statler and Waldorf. Waldorf. Do you remember uh, when they were, they were so young and innocent, and and that's why they got so bitter was they they watched so many of their their young companions die off. I'm sorry, this is so embarrassing, but I have to stop my cat. So your your cat's getting into some mischief over here. There's some laundry drying, and and he just the little boy just can't help himself. He's getting all and this is why we don't allow Buster to be in the recording sessions is because he causes mischief, and you would think after six years either he would learn or we would learn. Just, this is it. Here he is. Here's the mischief maker. What an idiot. He doesn't, he can't pee sometimes because he gets too stressed and he can't pee. What? That's, that's like a bad animal, right? I, I learned that babies have five, um, like. Babies or Muppet babies? Ba- real babies, <laughs> not Muppet babies, have like five, like, instinctual things they can do. And it's like. Grab? It's, yeah, it's like grab, you know, breathe, like, suck, and like, look. Like babies can't do shit. That's well, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> do you want another article? Let's just let's just plow through. And yeah, if anyone has an article that they would like uh, us to, see. oh, yeah, lots the, of the chat is fucking lit. I mean, it's because the cat was there. Oh, lots of love for the cat. I guess. Yeah. The um, cat. The king. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Mishi Stellar referring to what mo- the millennials. It's a joke, but life is suffering. <laughs> Millennials are just the 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 appliances and the Flintstones of humans. It's a living. Yeah, it's like, well, we guess we got to be here, huh? Uh, Bermuda at the 2010 Winter Olympics. Probably did bad, huh? I'll give you their medal count. 
they had to give up some medals. Zero gold. Yeah. Zero silver. Yeah. Zero bronze. Total. Zero. <laughs> but here's the thing. Yeah. yeah I'm reading. I'm reading farther. Uh, they were awarded three medals. But they did have to give them up to the Noid. <laughs> That's the thing is they kept getting caught by the Noid, which is a real shame. He's really throwing a wrench in all the plans. Yeah. And Bermuda just didn't like they didn't know about the Noid. No, they, they were unaware that they needed to avoid him. They don't have dominoes in Bermuda. They're, they're a Pizza Hut um, country. What if? Which ooh. is the advantage of the United States. The United States is so big, it allows for multiple pizza restaurants. Here's the thing. What? When we reboot the Noid. Uh-huh. A female Noid. Female Noid. And then it'll be, what are you going to do now, fuckers? Are you going to avoid her or are you going to not avoid her? What are you going to do? Because the, the thing is you are already supposed to avoid the noid. Exactly, exactly. So are you going to embrace the new noid, you dumb idiots? <laughs> That's smart. It's the only way. It's really the only it's way to the only way. these fucking chowderheads. <laughs> <laughs> A female noid. How do we know that the original noid wasn't female? I don't. I don't know that. Did did that? Uh, I think I did. The character ever speak or I? I want to say clue? he said he did, obviously did not say robble robble, but I feel like he said something along the lines of robble robble. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Good. I mean, <clears throat> did he? Yeah, did he have a catchphrase or was it just enough to be him? I don't know. I don't know. Where where are you at, David? And <laughs> <laughs> we need David McGuff to do live fact checking on the noid. Uh, no, no one is, um, oh, list of, oh, making calls for entire, for entries to read. Yeah. Lists of lists. That's a good one. List. Have you seen that one? I'm sorry. Lists of lists of lists. Am I reading that right? Three, we got a, a, a three, three tier sort of thing. So there are, is an article that's lists, lists, right? And then there's an article that compiles the lists of lists. Wow, this is a list of articles that, that are, are lists, lists of, of list articles on the English Wikipedia. In other words, I love that the article has to like... <laughs> now, I get that it's confusing. <laughs> In other words, each of the articles linked here is an index to multiple lists on a topic. Okay. Some of the linked articles are themselves lists of lists of lists. <laughs> This okay. hurt. This is the 1001 like Arabian Nights of Wikipedia articles. Okay, here we go. General reference. Or if you're a Magic the Gathering player, it's the it's the Scheherazade of articles. Do something that I know. Um, you know the Great British Bake Off. Yes. How sometimes there'll be like um a cake, and the cake will have a surprise inside of it. Sure. And that surprise will sometimes be a list of ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, this um, is so good. What, what's in this? Well. <laughs> uh, so general reference, list of academic journals, lists of important publications in science, lists of unsolved problems. D that Well, that's probably not fun, right? They don't mean like, like, why does no one love me? No, it's it like some like janitor at MIT style. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bullshit. Culture and the arts, literature, lists of books. Lists of 100 best books, <laughs> lists of banned books, lists of New York Times fiction bestsellers, lists of uh, the New York Times, not uh, a list of New York Times nonfiction bestsellers, publishers weekly lists of bestselling novels in the United States. So useless. Lists of bookstores, lists of LGBT figures in fiction and myth, lists of Middle Earth articles. Mi oh, from The Lord of the Rings? I would assume. Articles about The Lord. So it's not even like books. These are all the characters. Like, it would be like an article that was a list of all of the like characters. Every dwarf is on this yeah. page. Gosh darn it. <laughs> um, 
yeah, that's this is a this article makes my head hurt. I'm a I'm a I'm a cruise. Well, yeah, let's cruise. Cultura Prophetica. That sounds cool. That sounds like a um, a book you would read to learn magic. <clears throat> They're a Puerto Rican reggae band formed in 1996. Still pretty good. They've undergone several lineup changes, but founding member Willie Rodriguez, bass guitar, vocals, Boris Bilbrot, drums, vocals, Elliot Gonzalez, guitar, and Omar Silva, guitar, bass guitar, have remained in the group throughout its history. How, how many people are in this band? It doesn't matter, man. Just feel it. Just whoever shows up, that's what we're grooving with. Let's see. Let's check out the band members. Okay. So the, the Willie Rodriguez, Boris uh, Bill Brock, Omar Silvi, Silva, uh, Juan Ki well, Solsona, Elliot Gonzalez, Eggy Santiago, Egg Santiago, Eggy, E G G I E. That's a pretty tight name. Eggy, uh, Ernesto Rodriguez, Patricia Lewis, Adriana uh, Betancourt. Now I have to stop you right there because this is so, this is so many members. Because I'm going to hope this is a real article. David McGuff has put up. List of fictional states of the United States. Oh, I bet that's good. Like, I bet that's good. I hope that's real. Yeah. And I hope it's not just like some like bullshit, like, you know, DC universe stuff or whatever. Well, I'm sure it's like states that have been made up for fictional. Sure. It, like, yeah. I kind of understand, but like, so you mean like the, like, like district 13 or whatever from, uh, to kill a mockingbird or, or hunger games. Yeah. Hunger games. Um, the fact that I got that far, I'm pretty happy with. I think that it is probably more along the lines of... Um, <laughs> Someone just said West Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've got to... Well, you got to take a call? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, are you, okay, so you're, we're looking for a list of fictional states. Yeah, here we go, here we go. Uh, this is a list of fictional states in the United States found in various works of fiction involving states... Insular areas, districts, reservations, or other unincorporated territories. Fictional okay. states. Um, Calisota. <laughs> Calisota. In the duck universe. Okay. You like know. Of, of uh, Henry the Duck or whatever the fuck his stupid name is. No, of, of like uh, from various Walt Disney comic books. Calisota is roughly the equivalent to Northern California. It includes the series of Duckburg, where DuckTales takes place. Okay. Uh, and possibly Mouston, Spoonerville. That's where Goofy lives in Goof Troop uh, and St. Canard, where my man uh, Darkwing Duck lives. I didn't realize this was all so fleshed out. The name is likely derived from California and Minnesota. Oh, weird. Uh, Coventry from Bill Willingham's horror comic book of the same name. Okay. North Montana from Meet the Robinsons. Why did they make up new states? Why couldn't they just have real states? Uh, Ames, the fictitious state. In which are set many moot court cases and examination problems at Harvard Law School. So when someone like, okay, the defendant from Ames. So, I mean, it's probably like, instead of using real cases, they'll just make them up. Sure. That's wild. These are there's, So there's a whole section on law. It's only three, but Midlands, the fictional, supposedly Midwestern state in which all American mock trial association court cases take place. Reserve, the fictitious state. In which many moot court and mock trial cases at Case Western Reserve University School of Law. That's wild. Are there any like cool ones? Like, uh, like an, a one that's like underneath. I mean, Calisota was pretty cool. <laughs> like something that's like underneath another state or something. Like if you just like, you know, I watched. You know, what I watched yesterday this movie called uh, Cube or the Cube. Are you familiar with this? Sphere. 
No, but there is a movie called The Circle, which is similar. Sphere is a real movie too. Is it gave oh. me real bad nightmares? Oh, it was like a horror movie. No, I was just a little baby. Well, I'll tell you the plot of Cube, and you tell me if it's similar to this. Uh, a bunch of people wake up and they're like inside um, a room okay. that's a perfect cube, and there's a hatch on each side. And it leads into more cubes. Oh, I hate this. But some of the cubes have booby traps. And so people get killed and you have to avoid the booby traps and try to figure what the, what the hell is going on, why you're there. When did this come out? Mm, late, or I mean like early 2000s maybe. Wow. Like 2003 maybe is, is my guess. Uh, it's pretty sweet. Um, it's like pretty low budget because there's like not a ton of effects. Uh What's up? The sequel to Cube has a great name. This is this yeah. is Jason Berg. Cube two, Hypercube. Yeah. That rules. Which I definitely added to my queue as well. It's on Netflix, and there's a prequel called uh, The Cube colon Zero or something like that, or like Zero Cube or something. Um, um, it's pretty I, sweet. I'm I'm sorry, but David McGuff just uh, gave us a new article. Realism. Oh, realism is a religion. Based on UFOs creating life, so yeah, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna a, skip on over there. That's right up your alley for sure. Um, like the movie starts out with like um, basically a disposable dude, just so you get the idea of what the movie is like. So it was like this dude wakes up, figure, like opens a hatch, moves into the next room, and takes a few steps forward, and then just like <gasps> stops, and then you see like like lines sort of like appear like 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 crisscross lines like a hatching appear on him and his body just like falls apart into cubes like pieces <gasps> and then he becomes cubes <laughs> and so like the camera like zooms out and basically what happened was like faster than you know lightning was like this like greater <laughs> that like yeah slice him up in little, little pieces and so it's like all right here's we got to avoid this kind of stuff uh so realism the symbol for this religion is uh, it's just a it's, cross no it's just it's like a Star of David with a swastika inside of it. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Type, new religious movement. Classification, UFO religion. I'm on board. (laughs) (laughs) UFO religion. Scripture, main, intelligent design, message from the designers, minor. Um, Yeah, I'm very into this. Sensual meditation. Sensual meditation. (laughs) Uh, And then parentheses, religious novel. (laughs) Let's welcome the extraterrestrials. These are all like books of this religion. Geneocracy, yeah. Yes to human cloning and the Maitreya. This is bad. This is no good. Uh, like you shouldn't have to have like a book of the month club every, you know what I mean, to like keep up with your religion. Uh, it's a UFO religion that was founded in 1974 by Claude Vorlhorn, now known as Rael. Oh boy. <laughs> the Rayellen movement teaches that life on Earth was scientifically created by a species of extraterrestrials. Are which, you speaking loud enough for the. Which, for the oh, yeah. Can you, can you guys hear me? Is that. Is, are we good? I'm just in the zone with Rayellism. Everyone left. Everyone left. Um, Everyone left to go find out more information about Rayellism. Uh, Earth was scientifically created by a species of extraterrestrials, which they call, which they call the Elohim. That's just uh, the name of Jesus. In like the like angel tongue or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you everyone for uh, volume volume check. 
So they uh, just stole that from the Bible. Okay. Members of the species appeared as human when having personal contacts with this, this with the descendants of the humans that they made. Kind of like how um, uh, Transformers look like cars when they're on Earth. Right. And just like in Animorphs, how <laughs> the Pemelites created the chi in their own image. Pemelites? The Pemelites. It doesn't matter. They're all dead. They look like dogs. They purposefully... This is... This is good. They purposefully misinformed early humanity that they were angels, uh, cherubim, or gods. Raelans believe that messengers or prophets of the Elohim include Buddha, Jesus, and others. I'm kind of down with this as like a thing. Religion is the word I wouldn't want to have it be. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The founder of Raelism received the final message of the Elohim and that its purpose is to inform the world about Elohim and that if humans become aware and peaceful enough, they wish to be welcomed by them. Man. Oh, the church has a quasi clerical structure of seven levels. Naturally joining, joining the movement requires an official ap, uh, apostasy apostasy. Apo- what's that? Like, Oh, from other religions. religions. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Raylan ethics include striving for world peace, sharing democracy and nonviolence. Uh, okay. I mean, the, the problem is that someone who practices this religion wrote this article. Well, sure. You know what I mean? It's like, this religion's great. We, we want no war and everyone's cool. And we're going to meditate and have sex while we're meditating. And, you know. Like, oh, wait. Holy shit. Hey, McGuff. Coming in solid with some hot Raylan info. Raylans routinely advocate sex-positive feminism and genetically modified food. They also have protested against wars and the Catholic Church. That was all a direct quote, I assume, from the article. <laughs> That's like a, a crazy combination of um, ideas and subjects. <laughs> Here's one sentence. So these, these ideas were given equal weight in this sentence. Uh, they advocate for sex-positive feminism and genetically modified food. <laughs> like, That's bad writing. Or really informs just to what level they love GMOs. <laughs> like, like equal pay for women and also love apples. <laughs> so strange. This is wild. It's pretty wild. I wish that their, their logo wasn't literally a Star of David with, with a Nazi sign. That's a crazy like yeah. combination of, of ideas there. I, I, have, a, um, I have a friend... Who I, I uh, who is Jewish and he married an Indian woman. I think I've talked about this on the podcast a little bit. Okay, but at their wedding, um, swastikas. But like, uh, I think it's the reverse way. Sure, uh, is like a, a Hindu symbol. Right, I've heard. Um, so there were like it's just a bunch of swastikas at this Jewish dude's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Right. Sure. Which is, yeah, I mean, not a bunch, but they there were. They were hidden around like Mickey Mouse's and Disney World. Like hidden and Mickey's, if, yeah. If you found um, enough, you could get a stamp on your passport. And he, yeah, so it was. Uh, he he had a good little laugh. That's at very that. funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Let's. Like, let's, do you think that there were some of his family members who were there who were like, "I'm not going to cause a stink," but what the hell was that? <laughs> like, I I mean, they must. He must have like went up to the old people and been like, "Yeah, just so you know, look, Grandma. Like, right. this is the deal." Right. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna pull up another article. Okay. Saint Young Men. <laughs> this okay. That's my wrestler name. This looks like a horny manga. Saint Young Man, Young Men. Oh, it's not as good. Uh, it's a Japanese slice of life comedy manga. So yeah, horny manga. Because okay, <laughs> show me a slice of life that ain't horny. You know, <laughs> um, it's, well, is a slice of life manga like like Archie, but for Japanese uh, fans? Maybe this is so much better than you could have imagined. Okay. All right. 
Sorry, what was it called? St. Youngman? Yeah. Okay. It's plot. Oh, fuck. This rules. <laughs> it's plot involves Jesus Christ and Gautama B- Buddha. Okay. Who are living as roommates in an apartment in Tokyo. No way. It's Clone High in It's Japan. Clone High. It's been serialized by uh, Kodansha. Uh, blah. Uh, man, in Japan, St. Young Men manga has sold over 10 million copies. Awesome. This sounds radical. Yeah, that's my new thing. I'm going to get into St. Young Men. Uh, they're living together as roommates in an apartment in the Tachikawa part of the suburbs of Tokyo while taking a vacation on Earth. A vacation on Earth? They attempt to hide their identities and understand modern Japanese society. Where are they from? <laughs> Heaven? <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's fine. They were, it doesn't need to make that much but sense. But they both started on Earth. That, but, but that was so long ago. And they just haven't checked in. They haven't checked like, in for a while. Well, what are TVs, What's actually? The inter what? You fry the shrimp now? In what? Uh... Uh, man, each chapter shows their lives during an average day when they are sightseeing, drinking beer, blogging, or playing video games. Just Jesus and Buddha like going to the grocery store. While Jesus is portrayed as an impassioned person for his love for all, even for shopping, uh, <laughs> Buddha tends to be calm and thrifty, and also likes manga. The comedy often involves Buddha. visual gags and puns, as well as jokes and reference to elements of Christianity and Buddhism. For example, but no Shintoism, which is interesting. Well, which is a bigger religion over there. Sure, but not as funny. No, so, well, it might be. I don't know. Jesus creates wine from water in a public bath, and Buddha shines when excited. So he's like a vampire from yep. from uh, Twilight. From Twilight. This is wild. I'm when, glad you found this because I'm going to start getting into it. Original run, September 22nd, 2006 to present. And no then, way, present. There's an. I've got to read 12 years of this? Well, don't worry. There's there's an original animation DVD. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start plowing through it. And an anime film. Okay. This is wild. Good. Yeah. Uh, I'm into it. Is there spoilers? Is someone saying spoilers? I can't read this. The, spoilers, the emus won. I don't... Oh, wait. Wiki. Oh, emu... Fuck. Emu, emu war. war. In between world wars, Australians fought two wars versus flightless birds. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're going to check that out. <laughs> are, there, are there emus in Australia? I guess I that's think that's wh- where they're from. That's where they're from. That's where they live. Oh my god! Spoilers: the e- emus won. The emu war, also known as well, the I guess because emus can't really sign a <laughs> treaty, huh? So it's sort of like it's all or nothing. Yeah. Also known as the Great Emu War, was a nuisance wildlife management military operation undertaken in Australia over the latter part of 1932 to address public concern over the number of emus said to be running amok in the Campion district of Western Australia. So, so 1932, you have to imagine Australia sitting back like, well, nothing's really happening, so let's deal with these emus. And then like... Three or four years later, like World War Two starts happening, and they're like, "Well, fuck! Like, we gotta redirect our efforts." I thought we were just gonna deal with some like emus, and now here we are having to like, yeah, fight fascism. Uh, I assume they helped. The unsuccessful attempt to curb the population of emus, a large flightless bird indigenous to Australia, employed soldiers armed with Lewis guns. Okay, those those are machine guns. <laughs> leading the media to adopt the name Emu War when referring to the incident. While a number of the birds were killed, the emu population persisted and continued to cause crop disruption. 
So emus are just like gunning in the corn and eating all the corn up. Aftermath. Aftermath. Despite emu wars. Aftermath. Despite the problems encountered with the cull, which <laughs> cull is such a good word. The farmers of the region once again requested military assistance in 1934, 1930, 1943, and 1948. 1943, Only- huh? There's nothing <laughs> better going on. <laughs> Biggest problem Australia has in 1943. Not not Japan or Germany or anything like. Only to be turned down by the government. Instead. Yeah. The oh the bounty system had been instigated in twenty three and it was continued. You know, um, they did. I think they do the same thing with cane toads in Australia. They just like set up a bounty, sure, for people to like go gigging. Just, yeah, just like throw them in a the bag. Mm-hmm. Probably a lot easier you, than getting the military involved. Well, certainly that. But you could have like a whole sack full of frogs. Whereas like, all right, we got one emu. Emus Let's are bring it in. Pretty big, yeah. yeah. Like you can't have multiple like. <sighs> that is awesome. And also, like any of these, th- can you? Imagine you're going out into the Australian, like, freaking outback or whatever, trying to get all these toads. That's so dangerous. Yeah, Aust- Australia's wild. Australia's the Florida of the world. Um, Let me get another God, one. The emus won. What? The emus won. I'm just, it's, it's amazing. Oh. The emus won. The, Wait, this is, a, is this a quote? The tactically brilliant birds... St- tended, tended to, to scatter, scatter at the first sound of gunfire, making them hard to target. <laughs> Each flock of birds had at least one member standing guard to warn the group warn the group of approaching soldiers. And it, as emus can run thirty miles per hour, a machine gun mounted on a truck was unable to catch them. <laughs> that like actually rules. <laughs> uh, we got wasp forty four B. What's wasp forty four B? Oh well, it's a closely. Uh, Orbiting Jupiter-sized planet found in the orbit of the sun-like star WASP-44 okay. uh, by the Super Wasp program. This sounds cool. Which searches for transitioning planets this... that cross in front of their host stars as seen from Earth. Okay. This kind of sounds like a Marvel series. WASP, yeah. Well, WASP-44 Wasp is like the prime uh, planet, and then WASP-44b is like in the ultimate universe. Yeah, yeah. It's like the like what would happen if mm-hmm. universe or whatever. Uh, let's see the characteristics. It, so Wasp-44B would be like the um, like Miles Morales universe yeah. of Spider-Man. Wasp-44B is a hot Jupiter with a mass. You can't <laughs> what, just, what does that mean? It's a I hot assume Jupiter. a gas giant, but that's like... I've never, I never know that you could call things Jupiters. I mean, it's like Kleenex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't just go around doing that. Like the Jupiter name is copyrighted by, by Jupiter. <laughs> what a hot... This is a hot this Jupiter. This is a hot Jupiter. Ugh. I don't want to be pedantic, um, but you know my my I love I love Saturn because it's just Jupiter with rings. Well, no, then it's a Saturn. Oh, it's is that the difference? Yeah. Okay. So Jupiter with rings is a Saturn. Yeah. God, so dumb. I'm just gonna keep I'm just gonna keep plowing. Let's, yeah, let's breeze breeze on through. Social identity theory. Social identity theory is the portion of an individual's self concept derived from perceived membership in a relevant social group, as originally formulated by social psychologist Henry. Taj Fell and John Turner in the 1970s and 80s, social identity theory introduced the concept of a social identity as a way in which to explain intergroup behavior. I think this article is a long way of saying having friends. (laughs) Social identity theory. (laughs) Hey, you want to hang out? You hang out with the people you hang out with, and then those (laughs) groups interact with other people. Tight. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, if you're in the T-Birds, you act like a T-Bird. Yeah. And when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's we've known about this since the 50s. Um, uh, holy shit There was another quote From that Emu War article From David 
Major GPW Meredith of the Royal Australian Artillery observed that, quote, quote, they can face machine guns with the invulnerability of tanks. End quote. Oh, that rules. Did they ever try to harness the emus, do you think, for military? um... You mount the machine guns to emus. Right, exactly. I remember on the way driving up to Gainesville from like my hometown uh, in college, there was an emu farm that I would pass. What was the purpose of that farm? Emus. I see. Um, I think you can, you can eat them. You can eat. Well, you can eat anything, but people do eat them. That feels like that's going to be so expensive. Yeah, but think of how big they are. Pretty big, I guess. So and it's a pretty niche market, so it's not like there's a high demand. You can get like, I'm pretty sure you can get emu burgers at like Costco. What? Yeah. Are they... Are they good? I've never tried one. What? We should we should have a cookout. I would do that. Some, you know what? We've you've probably had like an emu sausage at some back crazy when place. back when hot dogs was around or sure. something. Yeah, and maybe emus like have a, a much smaller impact on the environment compared to a cow. That might be it, actually. You know, uh, here's a fun little article. Okay. It's relevant to this time in history. Here, okay. one by one, Foo Fighters album. Okay. And I believe they have a concert tonight, and they had one last night. Wow. Yeah. The Foo's getting it done. Uh, and a Foo Fighter's also a type of UFO. Mm, bring so it back to reality you know, or whatever. Realism. Realism. One by One is the fourth studio album by American rock band Foo Fighters. This is like this is like middle school and early high school, this album. Like, so much. And This is maybe my favorite Foo Fighters song. One by one. I think. Wow. Everlong is mine, for sure. Everlong's a good choice. That's one of my favorite songs of all time, and I'm not even a big, like, foo head, you know? I'm not either. I, I wish I liked it more than I do, because I, I think uh, Dave Grohl was, seems like a really cool guy. Yeah. Uh, when this album came out, he kind of changed his look. Do you remember that? No. He stopped being, like, a kind of grungy, like, hard rock dude, like he was and is now. Right. And he cut his hair shorter. It was still long, but it was, like, that really straightened, like, like emo look. And I, he wore, like, in the video for One by One, I feel like he's wearing, like, cuff bracelets, like, studded cuff bracelets. Okay. He, he like, he was like, it's 2002. I'm going to look like it's 2002. <laughs> okay. No, I don't, I don't recall ever seeing that video. Yeah. Um. Well, that's, and that was just like a little little like detour in his life. And then, oh, uh, Mike DeJong is heading out. Uh, hey, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Hey, happy 300 to you. Yeah. We wouldn't be here without. We literally wouldn't be here without. That's you. true. Yeah. Um, do you want to hear just the track list? Let's just go through the track list. Okay. Is it? Are there any good like Christmas songs on there? Maybe. All my life. That's a good Christmas song. Low. Yeah. That's where you hang the um, the stocking or the mm-hmm. um, hang them low by the fireplace. Yep. Have it all. Yep. Christmas. Times like these. Yeah, yep. I didn't know this was a Christmas album. The album is called One by One. Yeah, it's how you open your presents. The song that that line comes from is All My Life. Yeah, that's that's why like I had to stop myself and wonder, like, is that what it was called? That's that's a little, a little, little misleading, little, huh? Tricky. Yeah. Tricky, tricky. Uh Disenchanted Lullaby, yep. Tired of You, Halo, Lonely as You, Overdrive, Burn Away, Come Back. <laughs> come back. Hey, you're not done. Uh, Listen to this album one more time. I've, I don't know if I've listened to a full no. Foo Fighters album. No. Maybe The Color and the Shape. Never even heard of it. Or maybe... Oh man. I assume that they just put out singles. Foo Fighters also did the theme song to a show that I used to love that probably doesn't hold up, and that's Ed. Ed. What is Ed? The Bowling Alley Lawyer. 
<laughs> the Bowling Alley Lawyer. I don't think I've seen this. You've never heard of it? Have you heard of it? I, I mean, no, I don't think so. It was a, it I'm was thinking a, of the, the movie Dave, maybe? No. Okay, so the movie the Dave Murphy. Is, is not the same as the TV show Ed? Um, it, it, was, uh, it was about a lawyer who like lived in New York and he like all this happens in like the first five minutes of the pilot. Okay. He lives in New York. He comes home. He finds out that his wife is a uh, cheating alley. on him uh, with a bowling alley with a mailman. Okay. And there's a, there's a very funny running joke throughout the series where people will say, uh, Oh, she was sleeping with the mailman. And he, he says not the mailman, a mailman. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't their mailman. It was just a mailman. That's funny. I, um, I like that. Uh, so then he moves back to his hometown of Stuckyville, Ohio. Stuckyville, okay. And he buys a bowling alley okay. and sets up a law office inside the bowling alley. Uh, but but most of the series is him pursuing uh, his like high school crush, basically, as okay. an adult, which I feels now very like bad and problematic yeah, and creepy. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, crush, the crush is played by um, uh, Julie Bowen from Modern Family and uh, uh, Happy Gilmore, which I oh. just watched over the weekend and like weirdly holds up okay and there there was i was shocked that there was nothing in it that was like offensive i wonder if nope never mind <laughs> i was gonna say i wonder if adam sandler movies just aren't like offensive and then i remember that that's just not true not at all not no. at all um, i think that that's like the one i wonder well yeah maybe maybe i don't know because i'm not going out of my way to go watch billy madison and i feel like there's probably a lot of not great stuff in there yeah probably um, um, but Happy Gilmore, though, it, it was shocking. Yeah, like it, it was just about a guy who just loves his grandma and he he wants her to be happy. Yeah, he doesn't even love golf. No, he just plays it so he can like afford for his grandma to have a home. Um, so wait, there's here's another article. Hold on, Boy, I wish we both were like you know could see. You know. I turned 30 yeah. so soon. I'm, and brother, nip, I can feel it. I'm nipping at your heels. Yeah. It's it's so bad. It's <laughs> so bad. But like, I've, I've just chosen not to wear glasses for the last like year and a half for like no reason. They'll get stronger. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. What's the article here? Salia? Salish? Sea human foot discovery. Oh, I know about that. The series of discoveries has been called astounding and almost beyond explanation as no other body parts have oh, turned up. Oh, yeah. I've heard of this, too. So, basically, human feet will wash up on, on coastlines throughout the, 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 the world inside shoes. Uh, this one this one is British Columbia, Canada. I, this, was, this was actually in one of those um, books of, like, creepy, weird stuff that I would yeah. check out all the time in elementary school. Well, so the, the idea that I – or the, the concept I've heard is, like, yeah, people who have died, you know – on the ocean or whatever their bodies can be, you know, decomposed or whatever from the natural, you know, ocean life or whatever. Sure. But sneakers are like synthetic and they protect those foot and they protect the feet inside of them. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, first discovery occurred in August 20th, 2007. That's so recent. Yeah. Well, maybe that's when like, no, that's stupid. Do you want to hear some explanations? Yeah. Let's hear some explanations. Quote unquote. Um, one explanation is that some of the feet are those of four men who died in a plane crash. Okay, no. 
these are bad. Uh, determ- this is a very funny sentence. Determining the origin of the feet is complicated. <laughs> <laughs> well, they come from bodies, is what I would say. What is the question? So, Dan McGill's got to go. He's got to go see Teen Titans Go. Oh, nice. Uh, congrats on 300. Thanks for having me, Paul. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, David. Yeah, you're, you're a real treat. Um, the series of discoveries has been called astounding and almost beyond explanation, mm-hmm. as no other body parts have turned up. Um, is Teen Titans Go gonna? Is that a good movie? I don't. It's playing at the theater right I down the road. They have like a, a like a like a sandwich board out front. Like, come see the movie. People, which people I've are never very, seen them do before. People are very into Teen Titans. I've seen a couple episodes and I, I, I like it. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm excited for that Spider-Man that was, movie. That was what I was gonna say too. That Spider-Man movie looks tight as fuck. The new Spider-Man movie looks very cool. So then I was like, well, maybe this Teen Titans movie, Teen Titans Go movie, is good. I mean, go check it out. Um, maybe I will. Uh, I'm not gonna go watch um, Skyscraper. I have movie pass and I won't not see skyscraper. Um, yeah, go, go, go do that. Um, Oh, David McGuff. I'd also like to take this opportunity to announce my unofficial sister podcast, the Dilton ball, where I go to Wikipedia, read a random star Wars article and talk about it. Um, Oh, and he'll let us know about teen Titan go. Okay. I hope that's true. I hope you do that just to like spite us or not spite us, but like we've done Wikipedia articles from time to time. We, we have. Yeah. Um, let me tell you, brother, this, uh, it's not as easy as we make it look. <laughs> we're, we're professionals. Yeah. Um, um, I, I will say, now that we've hit 300, 400 will be cool. But I do think that we are sort of we're really on the road, on the road to road 500. To, well. What? 420. 420? Well, shit, what do we do? So 400, we'll do a live episode again. 420. I mean, a live episode where we just, like, smoke out, right? I can't do that i don't think <laughs> that'd be so stupid um for It'd be literally illegal first of all it would be de- it's it's decriminalized right so, so if we would, both got medical passes it'd be fine we would have to go to a state what if no we could do it here we it's very hard i've looked into it <laughs> it's it's all for like you can't get it for anxiety which is fucked. that is fucked up um because i'd be <laughs> dude i know i'm anxious um, as hell but but um, anytime I don't have a joint in my mouth, I'm just anxious. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could just get like regular vapes because all, all the re- the only real reason we want to do it is for the dense cumulus, you know. If in two years and and twenty weeks, vaping is still around, I'm gonna be so fucking mad. You know what will never go away? What? All right, Johnny's pulling out something. <laughs> He's. Gonna- He's fidget spinning for the <laughs> for the live audience. Uh, that so, seems like a very good fidget spinner. Actually. It is. Um, Jessica got it for me in Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, yeah. So fidget spinning will still be around because it's not hazardous to your health. Yeah, that we know of. I mean, they didn't think smoking was bad for you. You know. Uh, no, I meant fidget spinners. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> they didn't think smoking was bad for you. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just, just vaping sucks so bad because like. This this microphone I'm holding is like a vape. Like they're this big. I wish. I wish. I wish it was too. No, we could we could get small tasteful vapes. We could Just get jewels. Jewel is that what it's called? Uh, that is a thing involved in vape culture. We could get blue. We get blues. Yeah, I mean, we, there are plenty of vapes we could yeah, get. Yeah, sure. You know, uh, you know about seven ten. No. What is that? So you know how like four twenty is like the weed day. Seven ten vape day. Seven ten's oil, but like. Up, you know what I mean? Like in numbers. So it's for like hash oil or something. I don't know. So it's just so cool and awesome. Any excuse. Why is it for, why is 420 the weed day? I don't know, dude. And why isn't there like a 69 day? 
Wait, wait, to... wait, 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 wait. Um, June 9th. June 9th. 69 day. And what happens on 69 day? I'll tell you when you're older. <laughs> See <Smile> you later. <laughs> Uh, thanks for thanks for sticking around the live stream, everyone. June, yeah, June 9th. There you June, go. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna head out now. I don't think it's gonna get any better than oh, the sixty nine day. Small tasteful vapes sounds like a boutique vape shop. Vape Small shop. tasteful vapes. Um, yeah, thank you so much for for streaming. I hope this was like thank at least a little bit interesting. I mean, it, uh, just it, it was literally bit. just us doing what we normally do, but with a camera. Yeah, on. and it was really cool that you guys were just like interacting and 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 doing, you know, just having having fun with us. Yeah. Um, which y'all are good about on on Twitter anyway, which is yeah, it was very, so very cool, so lovely. So yeah, thanks for hanging out. And sorry we started a little late, but again, uh, YouTube is unreasonable. YouTube sucks. Uh, yeah. So we'll 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 smell you later. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.